1: Good morning. We are live on YouTube, but we want to be live on Facebook as well. So we're going to bring in the Atlanta Falcons fans on All Falcons Facebook group, 15,000 strong and growing. Once we have everybody in here, we'll say hello to everybody and we'll get started. Welcome to the Falcons podcast. Good morning, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. Wednesday morning, 9.05 Eastern. We go live every Monday and Wednesday on this channel. And then we also go live on Fridays to talk all kinds of football, uh, all NFL stuff. Draft is coming up. We're going to start getting a draft big. So we're on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at this channel. If you're listening after the fact, come join us. Hit that subscribe button so you know you, you where to find us. Uh, YouTube.com slash Scott Kennedy is the easiest way to find us. And you can follow me on the Twix at, uh, at Scout Kennedy. But we go live every uh, every morning because we like interacting with some of the folks. And I'm going hey to the, say hey to some of the people that have come in nice and early, like Michael Ronkeo. Good morning, Michael. Uh, he says, good morning, Scott, on the Falcons podcast. Good morning to you as well. Denver Luke's here as well. Good morning, Scott. Hope you're doing well. Well, thank you, sir. Right back at you. John Harrell has come in nice and early also before we even had gone live. He says, good morning, Scott and the Falcons family. And the Facebook is reaching its way out and finding and alerting all the folks. that They'll be coming in as well. So looking forward to talking to all of my Facebook fam as well. So I wasn't here on Monday. I was traveling with uh, with Travel Baseball. And I know it was probably a contentious time. I'm kind of wondering what the mood is right now with the uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm I'm kind of thinking most folks are still on the it's time for change bandwagon. It's three and three. Ritter's been more down than up. Arthur Smith and this defense, uh, this offense is now ranked. Uh, Falcons offense scoring 29th. They are 29th in the NFL with this schedule in scoring. That's bad. They were 15th last year, and we said that this should be. It was a field goal away. They were 21 points, which put them at 15th last year. They were a field goal away from being a top 10 offense. Could they do that with the additions at left guard, the additions of Bijan Robinson, some upgrades at wide receiver? The one big change was quarterback, and that quarterback played okay down the stretch the last four games. It's regressed. Uh, the offense has regressed. The total offense um, is 16th, so it's not that far off. What's one of the big differences? Turnovers. The turnovers are really hurting his team. Uh, Dez, Dez Ritter has six interceptions, and he's fumbled three times. His team has lost four fumbles with six interceptions. That puts them at minus sixth on the season, which is 27th in the NFL in turnover margin. Um, if I look up turnover margin and I read the teams that are at the very bottom of this, let me look because I just had looked at this, and there's one anomaly in there. Everybody else is pretty much, okay, yeah, they're a bad team. The teams at the bottom of the barrel in turnovers, New England Patriots, Cleveland Browns, Minnesota Vikings, Vegas Raiders, Chicago Bears, Atlanta Falcons, Denver Broncos, Miami Dolphins, they are minus four as well, uh, Carolina Panthers, New York Giants. Those are the teams that are at the bottom of the turnover margin. And I think what I mentioned, take 10 teams, eight of them are bottom 10 teams. So taking care of the ball is hurting this team dramatically, and it, no more so than in a game that was easily winnable for the Atlanta Falcons against the Washington Commanders. You can put that game at the feet of the offensive, the coach and the quarterback. And they're the ones getting the brunt of the vitriol, the, the anger. And I get it. I'm interested in. This isn't a knee jerk group. This is a, a group in here in this convers, these conversations we have. Are, y'all are pretty level headed. I mean, we all get emotional. Where are you right now on this? You know, is it time to make a change? Do you want to see another game? Are you willing to give it a chance? I'll tell you where I am first, and see if that helps bias influence where you are. I'm not ready to make a change yet uh, at quarterback. And the reason why is because I still have seen enough good to know that I don't know that Taylor Heineke is going to be a big upgrade. Now, if you keep giving the ball away, it's going to be a problem. Take care of the ball. Let your playmakers play, and you should be okay. The way this defense is playing, you should win games. Stop giving the ball away. That's killing the team. I don't know how big of an upgrade Taylor Heineke is going to be. Desmond Ritter should be able to get better with experience. For me, this was not a team that was going to compete for the Super Bowl. This was a team that should take the next step and make it towards the playoffs. They're still there. This team is still in playoff contention at three and three. They can still do that. I'm willing to give Desmond Ritter. I'm willing to give Arthur Smith to be a little more patient and see what can happen across, you know, the first 10, 12 games as they hang around playoff contention, if that starts slipping away, you fall two games under 500. I want to see it. I want to see a change. This team needs to make the playoffs or there's going to be some hard questions asked of the head coach. There's going to be some changes made. That's where I sit, but I don't see that this team is. Oh my goodness. They're, you know, they're, they're losing the season, slipping away from them. uh, And and they, they've got this team that is a Super Bowl contender and they need to make a change now to say, I I don't see that. I, I don't. Worst case. This team misses the playoffs. That's worst case. And what's the best case for this team? You're in the playoffs. Maybe you win a divisional round, you know, or a wild card game. Maybe, you know, I, I just don't see this team competing with the upper four or five teams of the of the NFC. So I'm willing to have just, you know, a little more patience on that. But that's where I sit. Um. So some more folks have come in. I want to say hello real quick. Let me grab a sip of coffee real quick. And apologies for that. But if I don't grab a sip, uh, I will stop talking, which you might like anyway, because my throat will just burn up in flames. (laughs) Um, uh, Dominic Jaramillo is in. He says, good morning, Scott. Falcon Nation, Dog Nation, Broncos country. Big game for us dogs this weekend. I'm guessing it's the world's largest cocktail party. Should be. I I feel like that one's gone Georgia's way for a while. Uh, That one went against Georgia for a long time. Um, but I feel like that one, along with the Auburn game, well, pretty much anybody George has been playing lately, has gone your way. Uh, Jordan Brown, good morning, guys. I'm glad we didn't talk Monday. I've had some time to cool down. I felt a little bad for not being here for y'all to, uh, you know, to let everybody kind of vent a little bit. You know, my my colleagues over at Mile Huddle they call themselves the the uh, the they've gotten called the, the football priests, and it's so you can vent, exercise these demons. Um, I know where you're coming from. If, if you're out on Ritter, if you're out on Arthur Smith, I'm not going to try and argue you out of that. Uh, and I would say, you know, I think it was Rise Up Ritter, Rise Up Reader. I don't always call himself now. He's got a decent uh, Twix following. Put out a poll. You know, who do you blame for this? And he put up Ritter. He put up Arthur Smith, offensive line, and Terry Fontenot. And it hadn't gotten a lot of votes yet, but it was split almost evenly between Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter. And I voted for Arthur Smith. I mean, Desmond Ritter is not the one that decided Desmond Ritter is the answer at quarterback. Desmond Ritter is not the one who is playing Desmond Ritter at quarterback. That's on Arthur Smith. And that's on Terry Fontenot. If Desmond Ritter is not good enough, you've had time. You've had chances to address the quarterback situation. So that falls head on the coach and general manager who have said for the 3 years that they've been here that they work hand in hand that they make these personnel decisions together so i'm not excusing you know i i would say okay i'd like to see arthur smith with you know an experienced plus quarterback they're hard to find which is why i you know wanted to take a quarterback in 2021 wanted to trade down but I'd be real interested to have seen Justin Fields in year three of this, of, of an Arthur Smith, uh, offense, as opposed to year one of Desmond Ritter in year three of Arthur Smith's tenure. Um, that was a problem that is fairly predictable. So yeah, he deserves some of the blame for not having a quarterback. If, if, if that's what is happening, um, Keith Johnson says, good morning, Scott. Good morning, Keith. How you doing? Um, Keith asks, what happens if we get beat by the Bucks?" Then I, I think the calls for Taylor Heineke are going to get pretty loud. Uh, I don't know if it'll happen at three or three and four. Uh, what is the next game? I don't remember off the top of my head. I can't see that far into the future. Uh, after the Bucks comes the Titans. So it's at Buccaneers, at Titans two winnable games. Titans aren't playing very well. They'll probably start amping up the talk for a trade for Ryan Tannehill. No, 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 no. Um, John Harrell says three plays cost a game, punt return interception fourth and three in midfield Uh, equals three TDs for Washington. You might even want to throw in there deciding to go for two when you're down, you know, uh, eight points that didn't help. That put the math against you the week before um, against, um, the games are already running together on me. Who did the Falcons beat? The Texans. Texans are a good team, y'all. We, we said that. The Texans went and, and handled their business against New Orleans. That was not a surprise. Um, When Dez had the ball and the team was in rhythm, I felt good about it. Des in this offense had the ball three times with five minutes to go and didn't come away with any points. That's... And I never felt like they were going to either. That was the the problem that was, okay, they, they're starting to get, they're starting to get a little bit of rhythm and a back foot throw into the back corner of the end zone. It's just a, it's just bad. Uh, the punt return was part of it though. Um, special teams is going to cost you and get you a game all the time. And the defense played well and got put in bad situations over and over and over again by the other phases of the team. This defense is really good. And it still surprises me a little bit how good they are in coverage despite the lack of a pass rush. Now, I know they had sacks in this Commanders game, but by God, every single one of those was a coverage sack. There wasn't one of those where edge or somebody beats their man right at the middle and he's right in the quarterback before he has a chance to survey the, the, the field. Every single one of those sacks was was Sam Howell dropping back. no, 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 no. Oh, crap. Now I'm in trouble trying to get out of there. Good for them. I love the hustle on this defense, but this is a this is a run-stopping line with maybe the exception of Grady Jarrett, who's going to get double teamed in pass, in pass rushing situations. And congratulations to Calais Campbell for getting that 100. Of, if you're around my age, you might remember Dale Murphy sitting on about 398, 399 and never getting that 400. Uh, I was starting to worry about that a little bit with Calais Campbell. Um, but I'm glad he did get that off his back. Great for him. What a what a terrific person. Uh, Chris Walker, he's making it in on Facebook. Uh, he says, Good morning, Scott, and everyone else. I haven't given up on Ritter yet, but the frustration is growing. I think that's the second part. That's universal. Everybody feels like that. Execution and performance need to improve. The turnovers, penalties, miscues, and the ineptitude at the worst possible times needs to be stopped or greatly reduced. And, Again, we watched two bad teams win seven games by not having those big problems. The The team last year, the 2021 team wasn't very good. They went seven and ten. Statistically, in almost every measure, that team got worse last year. Their, their offense was worse. Uh, Their defense was worse. Everything got worse, but they still won seven games. Now, one of the things that I found interesting, I saw a stat, the Falcons were the number one team in quarterbacks faced. Now, let me explain that. They did a a list. They said, what percentage of your games were against a team's starting quarterback, against their number one? And the Falcons, they're the lowest. They only faced a starter like 56% of the time last year. That helps you win seven games when your team is as bad as it was last year. But they played mistake-free football. They played disciplined football. And a little bit right now, not only are they making mistakes, they're predictable. Oh, it's third and whatever. Let's get the ball to Bajan. I don't care how. Let's figure out, how, man, there's other ways to do this. Now, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Y'all know that. But it, it feels like that to me. You're, you're predictable in these cases. You cannot be predictable against these Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they will load up to stop the run. Their run defense right now is seventh in the league their scoring defense is 8, their passing defense is 26th. So, you might have to come out of your your comfort zone just a little bit and pass the ball. Now, with back-to-back 300 games, the uh the Falcons offense passing attack is up to 18th. Their total offense is up to 16th. The turnovers and red zone offense is killing them. They're only in 29th in scoring. This should be at worst back to a 15th type of offense where they were last year at worst. And then you've got a top five defense right now. Now their scoring isn't the same. The Falcons scoring is uh 14th total yards is fourth, fourth. Now I give them a short field. They don't have very far to score that runs up my scoring off my score and keeps my, my yardage down. But this is a, this is a big time playoff defense right now. They're still, they've, They've got to find a way to start getting pressure. You play one of these playoff teams, playoff quarterbacks, they're going to slice and dice you to pieces. I'm not going to have the luxury of letting CJ Stroud sit back there and try and find places. I'm not going to have the luxury of Justin Fields back there come playoff time. I'm going to be facing the likes of Jalen Hurts, maybe a Matthew Stafford out there. um, Even a Dak Prescott. These guys will all kill you. Um, you Brock Purdy. Those guys are all better with time, and the the lack of pressure on this team is still going to be its Achilles heel when they start playing good teams.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
1: Chad Emmons, uh, Misner or Meisner, apologies. He says, Actually, I'm still pissed. Ritter is terrible. Um, he's been playing poorly, he's been hurting this team. We said all year, all you have to do, and, and I don't remember who it was, but we asked the question is, why are expectations so low? You know, why are you setting the bar so low for Desmond Ritter? Because they don't have to be high for this to be a playoff team. All you have to do is not lose, really. If you're the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons and you can manage this game, you're going to win 10 games. The rest of the team is good enough around this team that you can win 10 games just by not losing them. Six six interceptions in six games, it's not good enough. That's not He needs to be around 10 for the season, and he's going to have to get a lot better... Um, to be there. Um, Jose says, try to get Julio Jones. That bridge is burned and Julio just signed with, uh, with the Eagles. So I'm I'm actually surprised he signed anywhere, to be honest with you. I kind of thought he was done. I bet he's got a, a low guaranteed contract. Maybe a little bit of a signing bonus might be incentive laden. Uh, come in mid season, get yourself healthy and maybe you can help us make a playoff run, but I'll be surprised if he's over, 300 yards receiving at the end of the year. We'll see. Uh, We will see. Jordan says, um, you know, the biggest argument about, you know, the, well, the, the, how can you judge Arthur Smith if the Falcons don't have a quarterback? Because Arthur Smith's been the one picking out the groceries. He's been involved in that. And Jordan agrees. He says, that's been my biggest argument. Coach Smith put a stamp of approval that uh, Desmond Ritter was ready, especially without him playing during the preseason. That was weird a guy needs snaps and you've got a good backup why why were you not playing Desmond Ritter really I'm, I'm 100% with you he should have gotten at least half the preseason snaps you who are you who are you trying to get ready I don't even remember was it Logan Woodside you know is that's that's who needed the snaps I have to make this big decision on whether or not I'm keeping Logan Woodside I'm with you on that one. I kind of forget about that one. Um, Billy Ellis as a Falcons always tease the fans. It's always, and we're not going to say those numbers in here, Billy. Um, the proper, the problem is Arthur blank. He should sell the team. He's not going to sell the team. Um, Father time. will catch up to him. God bless him. He's, he's an, he's an older gentleman. Um, but Arthur blank, his heart is definitely in the right place. If you're, a Gen Xer or older, you had to deal with the the, the Smith family and the Rankin Smith Jr. and Sr. had absolutely no interest in putting a product on the field. Arthur Blank invests in this team. His problem historically, since he's been an owner, has been loyalty. He's been overly loyal to guys that should have been gone already. I don't know exactly what Rich McKay does, but he still does there. But I know that Thomas Dimitrov should have been fired with Mike Smith. Mike Smith, I think, is still the winningest coach in this franchise's history. And if you were going to get rid of him, you should have gotten rid of the general manager that put that team on the field. You bring in Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn got one year too many. Um, he should have been gone in let's see, 2018. He should have been gone after the 18 season. And Thomas Dimitrov should have been gone with him. Um, it, it was it was one one year too many. So it's almost overly loyal. But th- you know that said, you know Arthur Blank. I'm not going to say any of this is Arthur Blank's fault. He's putting up the money. He's improved this team and this franchise in so many ways, which was, I wouldn't even say it was a laughing stock before he bought the team because nobody cared. It, nobody cared enough to, to point at the Falcons and laugh at them because they weren't worth it. Um, you know, go up and do a, all-time winning percentages of franchises, and if the Falcons aren't, they're probably 30, 31, or 32. It took them 45 years to even have back-to-back winning seasons, and that didn't happen until Arthur Blank That was a record in all of professional sports, that was a record. Arthur blank helped usher in that era of competitiveness, but he does. He holds on the guys too long. (laughs) That's his biggest, his biggest problem. Um, let me see here. Um, yeah. And Robbie red says, morning, Scott. Good to see you. Robbie says happy for camel getting a sack milestone. We're with you on that one. Um, let me see. Keith asked a question. He says, "Off subject. Sorry, but I'm going to the game on December 10th. What is something I need to know?" Well, there, there's a lot you need to know. Um, I, my, I always park away from. I always park on International Avenue and walk. It's about a 15-20 minute walk rather than try and get down there. Whenever I go down to the games at the Bens, there's a uh, there's some parking off of there on on International. You walk down, you walk through Olympic Park, and it's great. It's just easier than getting into all that traffic around the the dome. That would be one of the things I would suggest. Um, Or if you're a tailgater, get there nice and early. But uh, we'll get into that as we get closer to December 10th, Keith. Um, Walter Beach coming in. Appreciate the support, my friend. Always a big help. Thank you, sir. Um, And let me see here. Jordan says, one of the good things about uh, Campbell getting his 100 sack, was doing the Dirty Bird. That'll probably be in his clips forever. Yes, very cool, very cool. Joe Cannon is here. Great morning to you, uh, Joe. He said, I'd rather see Ritter with a real offensive coordinator than I would rather see Arthur Smith with another quarterback. That does feel like the chicken of the egg to me, um, Joe. I, I agree. It's just, you know, has Arthur Smith had success in the past? Yeah. He has that Tennessee Titans offense that he got a head coaching job out of was good. How much of that was Derrick Henry? How much of that was Ryan Tannehill playing a whole lot better in Tennessee than he ever did in Miami? You get credit for that. Um, Arthur Smith got credit for that. He's, he spun that into a uh, into a head coaching job. And we've seen the Falcons overachieve the last two years, but the question coming in was now, okay, the spotlight's on you. You've got some expectations. You've got some money. Can you do more than get a bunch of misfits out there to play hard? Can you take legitimate, talented players, a bunch of first round draft choices, a bunch of millionaire free agents and mold them into something? And, one of the things I like, Joe, about this team and Arthur Smith was how many players that wanted to come and play with the Falcons. There, there was a draw to this franchise and to this team because they're headed in the right direction. I don't think that's all gone yet. I really don't. And the good news is if you decide to go try and get a quarterback next year, if you it's going to be expensive, it, you should have an infrastructure where it makes it more attractive to go get a Oh God, a bridge quarterback, you know, the Kirk Cousins of the world. Is you just you really want to be in that for you're once you do that, you're stuck in that situation until you finally use a first round pick on a quarterback. Um, so I don't know. Um Corey Carter says we're getting upset about a third round quarterback playing like a third round quarterback. Well, again, I question why the starter is a third round quarterback. If he's going to play like a third round quarterback, uh, this is your third year in, in charge of with the keys to this franchise. And you had some money. You've had high draft picks. If you've got a guy who's going to play like a third round quarterback, like I said, I don't blame Des. I blame Dez for, for getting for, for the turnovers that's on him. He needs to take care of the ball better, but if he's not good enough, again, that's not his fault. I don't get mad. I don't feel like he's not trying out there. I don't feel like he's got a bad attitude. Those are things you can control. It's not his fault. Des isn't the one that's putting himself out there. Des isn't the one that decided that he was good enough to lead this team. Those are those are administrative uh, complaints, uh, criticisms. I would have. Uh, Atlanta dog says, "Good morning, Scott. Only four home games left. Are we headed for another seven and ten season? Ooh, another seven and ten. I I just have trouble seeing seven and ten. Buccaneers, Titans, Vikings, Cardinals." Man, you should be at worst two and two out of that bunch. At worst. Saints, Gents, Buccaneers, Panthers. Again, two and two. There's four. And then you finish with Colts. I'm looking at, I'm looking, at, am I looking at, uh, no, that's the right one. Because the, the 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 schedules are so similar between uh, Tampa Bay and, and Atlanta. I had them both up at one point. And then you finish Colts, Bears, Saints. No, you can't win seven. Oh, Atlanta dog. But they're seven and ten again. As loyal as Arthur Blank is, I can't see him making a change in the off season. But it would be the last year. Next year would be the last year. Get it done, or you're get it done in, in your fourth year, or you're done. Ooh, can't see it. Corey's he's calling eleven and six. I'm down to ten and seven and nine and eight now. Um, I had four and two after six games. But one of those games was lost. Washington commanders. You needed to uh you needed to win that one. Um, my swanker comes in. Good to see you. He says, Is Smith on the hot seat? Does Redder get bench? Or do we find a new uh quarterback in the trade deadline? Who would you even get um in the in the trade deadline? Who would you even go get at quarterback? Kirk Cousins, um, Ryan Tannehill? No, I don't I don't think so. I think I think your replacement, if they make a switch, is already on the roster. I think it would be Taylor Heineke on that one. Um I'd like to see him go after Daniel Hunter, though. I'd like to see him go get um an edge. Um, you know, and Jordan says the, the box score was alarming. We won every line except turnovers, and that was the same thing against Houston, too. By a wide margin, dominated the game except the turnovers. We didn't look like a team that was really in the game the whole time, and that happens when you get a special team score and you go down two scores and you have trouble scoring when you go down two scores and you're the 29th scoring offense in the NFL. It feels like a hell of a lot more than two scores. That's for sure. Um, Brad Clark given some, uh, some shout out to the defense. And I thought I'd say this, but our defense has played better than our offense. Overall. We have everything going except a consistent quarterback to lead the team. We should be killing it. We have too much talent to be squandering our offensive weapons. Um, our offensive weapons are a quarterback's dream. There should be no reason why we're not dominating on offense, uh, and that was a concern coming in. You're only going to be go as far as as uh, Desmond Ritter can take you. Otherwise, the offensive line is good. Yeah, there's some problems here and there, but overall, you know, it's it's still a plus offensive line in the NFL. Your weapons on offense, you've got three top ten picks. All right, th- that's good enough and how quickly this team has come together on defense with all of these new faces is a testament to Ryan Nielsen. It's a testament to the scouting staff and Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith, who was helping to bring in these guys and to the professionalism that they have. But this is a, right now, this is a bit of a one-year defense. And what I mean by that is Jeff Okuda played well. He's on a one-year deal. Calais Campbell, one-year deal. Bud Dupree, one-year deal. Older guys, veterans. These these guys were built to come in. They were bought to come in and play well this year. Don't squander it by pissing it away because your quarterback and your offense is 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 regressing. Um, And Chris says, the irony is one of the reasons Arthur Smith was hired was this red zone efficiency. What the heck happened? Is it Ragone or is it him? I don't put any of it on Dave Ragone. I'll tell you that. I know execution penalties and turnovers are killing us. And there you go. You know, when you get down there, and you're you're throwing interceptions. You know, last year, you remember, <laughs> I think Marcus Marietta would play well, and then he'd give the ball away just all of a sudden. Uh, when he was playing well, it was, it was uh, a little crazy. Maurice comes in, he says, I'm not in love with the play calling. Feels predictable, doesn't it? It really does. It took how long? When I finally saw Kyle Pitts catch a ball in stride. When's the last time we saw that? When's the last time we saw Kyle Pitts... Catch one where he was opened up and got to stretch out that long frame of his and start running and dragging guys with him. It, uh, it's been a while. It feels like, um, Ben Ford, good to see you coming in this morning. He says, we have the tools run game defense. Just looks like they're experimenting with offensive playmaking. I, Ben, I agree with this because I feel like you've heard them say, we've got to find some ways to get started quicker to get it going. And I feel like they've whipped out some gadgets, uh, early in the game, just to kind of juice some things up. You really saw that in the game against um against the Texans, you know, the double reverse pass, um all kinds of stuff. But they have to open things up. This team they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to get the ball downfield against the, against Tampa Bay. I think Washington had given up 30 points four games in a row, four out of five games. Their pass defense was atrocious, but you still couldn't beat them with the pass. An NFL team is going to be able to stop your run if they sell out to stop the run. They're going to be able to do that to limit you to not get beat by running the ball over the course of four quarters by just putting nine guys at the line of scrimmage. You're going to have the passing game's going to have to open some things up. <clears throat> um, Black Heisenberg comes in or block, pardon me, I'm not sure how to pronounce your first name. I got a name like Scott. It's boring. With the Ritter argument. It's just like the Tua argument. How long do you wait for him to grow? He is moving in the right direction, but growing pains and fans, fans, fans are too impatient. And the question here, one of the big differences is one of the reasons they're going to be more impatient is because he was a third-round pick. Uh, you don't get all of the same chances. If you are a lower pick, you have to do it better. You have to do it quicker. You have to do it more often because the team doesn't have as much invested in you. Desmond Ritter's cheap. His third-round rookie contract is cheap. Tua was drafted high. He's expensive. We're going to have to be paying him. We better see what we can get out of him. So, people are going to be, the fans are going to be frustrated either way, but the team will be less patient with a third round pick. So, if he doesn't get it done this year, he, he probably won't get another year. He won't get, okay, this is a guy we put uh, a, a ton of money into, a, a premium pick. Uh, you know, let's give him some time, but he's got to start showing. He can't have a good game and then two in the dump. He's got to start showing progression and I've seen it except for the turnovers. That's that has to stop. I don't need 300 yards and two touchdowns from him every game. I don't, but I can't have two turnovers either. You know, one, every other game would be, would be great, but I think he's got six interceptions and a lost fumble right now. So he's at one point. Uh, what is that? One point one six 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 for, uh, turnovers per game and the games that they've lost it's been three he's got two games with three interceptions that can't happen um so hucklebuck it's an interesting name says this current welcoming says this current debacle is squarely on the shoulders of arthur smith and at quarterback assessment lack of consistent play call ability lack of game management understanding of situational football which is strange because none of that happened before that was all um all very different as far as the past year or so past two years, all that stuff was in the plus column. It was a very disciplined team, low on penalties, low on turnovers. That's how they had to win games because they weren't good enough to go out and and go toe to toe with guys. They had to do it cleaner. They had to do it better than everybody else. Uh, I'm going to get rid of this spammer who's coming in here and, you know, hitting up my community for their community. I don't mind you doing that every so often, but if that's the only reason you're in here, take a hike. Sorry, guys. Um, as Sean's Sean comes in, he says the yellow lot is where it's at. And Marie says, take the train. Man, going back to some of the things you should know, I like to drive in and walk. I'd rather walk for 20 minutes than stand in line for 10. So I like parking uh, parking outside just a little bit. Oh, he really was spamming this. Sorry, I'm just now getting down to the bottom of this. So he was definitely worth a uh, definitely worth a block. Uh, sorry about that, y'all. on Facebook, he saw that. Um, and Richard is, I agree with Richard here. It's only been six weeks. Offense can and still make adjustments and win out. Now win out is stretching it a little bit. That would be what a three and three, six games, 11 left, 14 and three. I'll take some of that money, Richard. If, uh, if that's what you're putting out there, I'll take, I'll take the under on 14 and three, but I still think 10 and seven nine and eight right now with that loss, that one that I, you had, you're, you're in the negative column. Now you got to go beat somebody that I I had you losing to like at Tampa. And let's get into that one a little bit. Um, let's get into that um, at Tampa. And, and frankly, yes, I wanted to mention we're 30 minutes in and I t- put his picture in, in the, the uh, put it in the highlights of the show. The comments of the show was, was Jalen Hawkins I guess I shouldn't have been totally surprised that he was he was let go, but it did surprise me a little bit. Christopher, thank you for the reminder. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another
1: stomp you out speech. It opened up so
0: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
1: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He'd only played 30 snaps this season, and Richie Grant is one of like 10 players in the NFL that has played every snap on defense uh, all, all year. There aren't very many of them. Richie Grant has played every one. Jesse Bates Bates has played all but, but like eight, uh, he got dinged up in like the second game of the year, if I remember right, uh, and missed, missed a few snaps. Um, Jalen Hawkins hasn't played much, uh, D'Amico Hellams, a draft pick has started to play a little bit more, but there hasn't been a need for that third or if you're going to have Hellams be your third safety, there hasn't been a need for a fourth. There hasn't really even been a need for a third to this point. So I don't know. I don't know what they're what they brought in. I didn't see a replacement in there yet. Um, I was traveling this weekend, but I don't remember one coming across. To see who they brought on the fifty-three to take his place, uh, probably not somebody overly significant. There's not a ton of money there. Uh, I know I have a lot of Denver Broncos fans that that watch um, cross over and watch uh, my different shows. Yes, if I'm the Denver Broncos, I would call Jalen Hawkins. He's better than P.J. Locke. He's better than Kareem Jackson he's healthier than Caden Stearns who, you know, he's out for a long time that I'd be on the phone. I'd see if I could bring him in for a workout or something. Um, Jalen Hawkins is a decent NFL player. You're in short supply of those in the secondary with the Denver Broncos. So I don't think he'll be out of work, um, very long. And, and going back to the one-year deals, Joe asked, could Akuda get another contract? He's been really good for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. He could. Um, but by not picking up his fifth-year deal, he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. But we said at the beginning of the season, we hope that's what happens. We would love to see it happen where you're in the same situation where Akuda plays his way into, oh man, how are we going to afford to keep this guy? That means he played really well. That's that's what I'll take. It's like, oh, he's be, I don't want him to be cheap. I want him to play great and be expensive. And if he goes and gets another contract somewhere else, the Falcons might, I don't know the rules on this 100%. They might actually get a comp pick for him. Had him all year. Goes inside a big free agent deal. You might be able to actually get a comp pick. Um, you traded what, a fifth for him and got him for free? Detroit picked up almost all his money. Uh, you might be able to spin that fifth pick into a year of good play and a fourth or fifth round pick in return. That'd be pretty nice. But yeah, he's been he's been pretty good. Um, he definitely has been pretty good. Jason, he's had enough bench Ritter already. Um not going to be this week, but this is going to be, I think the Detroit Lions probably have the best defense the Falcons have faced so far, and after that, might be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they've been playing there. Right now, their Bucks defense in scoring is top 10. They're 8th, 7th in rushing, 26th in passing. Turnovers, they are plus 4, which is number 4 in the NFL. They've only got 15 sacks, but that's still 5 more sacks than the Atlanta Falcons have, and that ranks them 20th. So this is going to be a good defense. They're gonna—they don't have to sell out to stop the run. They can just flat out stop the run. So somebody definitely to—they uh, got their work—they've um, got their work cut out for them. <laughs> he says, "What in the world, Bo? What's up, Scott? It is good to see you, Big Low Country. Certainly appreciate you being here. Thank you for the support, my friend. Um, I hope you are doing well. And uh, the super chats mean a lot to us for sure. Thank you so much." Pamela Johnson coming in here. Good to see you. She says, good morning, Scott. Two things cut down on penalties and the run block must improve. Keith Smith, the fullback, can't be your only run block guy. The offensive line needs to step up in the run blocking. And it does, but that said, you're getting outnumbered in the run. And when you're when you're running the ball, five guys plus Keith Smith, you got six guys blocking, and teams are committing eight or nine to the run. You're you're getting outnumbered. And then when you go wide, you're you're pinning yourself in. So, you know, when I've got nine guys committed to the run, that toss sweep is awfully dangerous. Now you you trust Bajan Robinson to go out there and make a cut, make a move, and find those holes. So I still like that better than going empty. That was one of my notes that I thumbed out to my friend as I was texting. I was like, why is this team going empty on fourth and one? you know fourth and 2 they're not good enough to go five wide and go empty and then you know try and throw an out route to Bijan Robinson force him the ball again it's a little predictable on there um so you you're going to have to back those guys off pamela i i don't i think that the run blocking from the offensive line is fine but they they can't block nine guys and your wide receivers aren't going to be taking those guys and knocking people back five or six yards. They're not driving them off the line of scrimmage. So you end up with just a big cluster and then free guys run into the ball to make plays at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. So until you can prove that I can beat you with the pass, you're going to, you're going to be overloaded. So I think it's actually okay. And Jordan said the empty agree with me, the empty empty set was driving you nuts. And and Ryan agrees with me. He says, you know, can't run the ball. if The play calling is predictable. Um, and that was part of it. Now, uh, Snipes, the barber is as dedicated a fan as you will ever see on all of the comments on everything. He's saying, get Kali Harris, get him off the practice squad. Go check the pre last preseason game. I think he had, I did. I think he had like seven catches for 75 yards, led the team that game, but this is dedication My guess is there's a relation here. (laughs) Nobody is this dedicated without a blood tie of some sort or, you know, an agent, a blood or it's either red or green. The the ties that bind on this one, man. So I I appreciate the, uh, the effort. And Ryan says, I bet Van Jefferson doesn't get another shot for another four weeks on the deep ball. Man, it was almost there too. Wasn't it? It's like, uh, you know, I was sitting there saying, yeah, this guy probably won't play. only been there for three days. Well, um, I was on a pod last night where someone was saying this rookie who's averaging 20 yards per catch says, well, he doesn't know how to run routes. I'm like, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Van Jeff, It's not hard to run a route, go in there, run a post. Here's your six, run it. That's what they did with, with Van Jefferson. And damn, it almost worked. It was almost there. Um, just overthrew him just a little bit on that one. Um, Richard Pierce says, "I think Dan Reeves was a better coach than Mike Smith, even though Reeves got too conservative in the Super Bowl and lost it." Um, it oh God, this is a whole pod all to its own, Richard. Uh, I think Dan Reeves was the best coach the Falcons have ever had, um, but he was there before. Was he there before? I don't remember when when um, Blank bought the Falcons, but that was part of this dysfunctional franchise. They gave him all the power. The undoing for Dan Reeves was it cost him three jobs. It cost him in New York. It cost him in Denver. It cost him in Atlanta. It was, he was not a general manager. He was a terrible general manager. And when he had both responsibilities, his team would eventually go down, 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 and down. He was a fantastic football coach. Hall of Famer, one of the best ever. Jay Black coming in. Look at this coming in with another super chat. Thank you, sir. I certainly appreciate the support. He says, Scott, uh, Rids needs to threaten the backside runs, RPO, just three times a game to open up. Absolutely. He's fast. He's not overly twitchy. He's not quick, but you don't have to be quick to be fast and hold on to the ball, make a read and get 15 yards. So yeah, where, where's that in the game? That said, Jay Black, I don't really want, I don't really want to run a run option into a nine-man front. You've got too many guys there. Uh, it's like, okay, well, I got the, uh, I got the defensive end to crash down on my running back. Oh, but I'm looking at, you know, a nickel corner, a safety in the box and the outside corner that I now have to beat off the backside. It's just the whole running game. Isn't going to work if I'm looking at nine man fronts, which is what I've been looking at a lot. Uh, Jay black and Ritter is having more success throwing the ball downfield except for the turnovers that has to stop I mean, back to back 300 games. Um, so I agree. Uh, Kasim says, if they're looking to load the box, we need to be able to, to stretch the field and make teams run sideline to sideline. <sighs> Easier said than done a little bit. When I think the box, I think I, 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 I say that, but I actually just mean the whole line of scrimmage where you're your press press coverage. So you got nine men on the line. I got seven in the box. I got two two outside. And I'm basically playing one two safeties back, and I'm pressing the line of scrimmage. So what you need to be able to do is beat those guys one on one. Where my where my man beaters? Because those aren't those aren't zone coverages on there. Those are press coverages. I should be able to. And I, I got into this and started thinking more about it with Kyle Pitts and his lack of use or whatnot. And why he was so much more effective. I've always said for a long time, I prefer bigger receivers because they're always open. You know, I can throw it to my six seven guy. Just get it to him. The problem is, who did he have a lot of success with? He had his most success with Matt Ryan, who was an incredibly accurate quarterback. Whatever you think of Matt Ryan, nobody's going to say the guy was inaccurate. He could get the ball into a wingspan, a vertical wingspan. Problem with Mariota, the problem with Ritter, is the downfield accuracy. If I overthrow a guy or if I underthrow a guy, the size doesn't matter because he's covered, but I take away his ability to use his size advantage. If I'm overthrowing or underthrowing, if I can just get it high and get it up to him, then he's open. I think that's been one of the problems. So we're having guys that are having trouble getting separation. He's done really well with Drake London, but Drake London's a better receiver at getting separation right now than Kyle Pitts. Where is that guy that can get separation and, and man, press man coverage that can beat these guys to pieces? And Calvin Ridley was that guy. I'm not pining for Calvin really. Don't get me wrong. But can you get Van Jefferson off the line of scrimmage and get behind guys? Yeah, you did. You did. Now hit it. Absolutely hit it. Um, So Big Low Country coming in again. Uh, appreciate you again, my friend. Thank you so much. Says, hey, did you see that we went heavy in the first drive of the game with an extra tackle? Then we threw the ball on the two-yard line. <laughs> I, I mentioned big low about um, gimmicky, being a little gimmicky to start to get people out. Did you see, did you see um, who's that? Was it Ryan? It's not Newsle. What's his name? So Ryan Newsle, is that who I'm thinking of? Um, who came off? Did you see the big grin, the ear-to-ear grin on his face? You know, that's what I talked about when they started getting a little gimmicky at the beginning of the past two games to kind of get him excited, get people excited get people into the game at home. Um, And then, then, yeah, you go down there and throw the ball at the two. You know, where's Keith Smith? Just follow him. (laughs) Run right up the middle. We're we're talking about spreading it out and and those guys in the box. Well, you know how you make it one-on-one blocking? You run up the middle. That's where I don't get outnumbered. Yeah, it's seven men in the box. They can jam the gaps, et cetera, et cetera. But I can go five on five. You can't keep filling. You can't put... Nine guys into five gaps. So right up the middle, when you start going wide against nine man fronts, it's bad news. When you start throwing it like that, Ritter's not good enough right there. He's he's not gonna maybe once. I hate the fade. I freaking hate it. It's such a low percentage play, but all right, it's first down. I got Kyle Smith on this side, I got Drake London on this side. I got six five and six six and wings like a pteranodon. Wingspan, like, you know, a pterodactyl out there. I'll take a fade on first down. Instead, let's fake it and throw it to John U. Smith. <laughs> let's see if we can get Scotty Miller to come around on an end around. It's it's, they won't see this coming because it makes too much sense. That bothers me. Don't know when coaches try and act like, you know, outsmart themselves that that starts to really, really bother me. Um, and Jordan, I know, I'm, I'm live on this. because stacking the box uh, refers to defense trying to stop runs up the middle. I, I know, I'm, I'm doing this live. So um, usually you talk about putting seven, walking a guy up in the box, you got a seven man front, and then you walk a guy in the box and it's tackle to tackle, just behind the linebackers. That's the box. Um, you see that, but you also see the, the, def- the defensive backs on the outside and press man. So not only do you have seven guys in the box, you got nine on the line of scrimmage. It's hard to run. It's hard to run anywhere um, against those guys for sure. Um, let me see here. We're getting closer um, to just about being done with this. Uh, and Raymond comes in. He says, there's still time to get it corrected. It's it's Arthur. It's up to Arthur. It, there is. It's three and three. We've seen glimpses, God, glimpses of the offense. We know this offense is better than this. We've seen it be better than this. Right now, turnovers are just killing this team. The defense is playing great. Let's keep that going. That's what we're looking for. And the offense has to start taking care of the ball and has to stop being less predictable. Sounds easy enough, right? Well, we'll see. This is going to be a big challenge. I think Tampa Bay is better than anybody has expected them to be. This was a team I I honestly expected to be uh, in the argument for a top five pick. Uh, Instead, they're sitting there at three and two after five games. I think they're coming off a, are they coming off a bye week? I don't remember for sure. It doesn't matter, but they're three and two. They're at home against the Falcons. What do we know about Tampa Bay though? they are three wins. Vikings, meh. bears, meh. saints. Who knows? Saints don't look all that good. Their wins are against nobody and they got beat by the Houston Texans. All right. So who beat them? The Eagles. Oh yeah. Okay. The lions 20 to six dominate them. Yeah, okay, those are two of the best teams in the NFC. So their three wins are against three of the worst teams uh, in the NFC, and their two losses are against two of the best teams in the NFC. For me, this is a real chance where the Saints aren't one of the worst teams, but they're not an overly impressive. We don't know what we have with the Saints either. For me, this is now a chance to find out where this NFC South is really going to start stacking up because the Falcons have been hit and miss three and three. Their best win might be against the Houston Texans. They beat the Panthers. Okay, who hasn't? They're 0-6. Um, they beat the Packers. The Packers aren't playing that great of football either. Um, this loss to the Commanders, that was a bad one. The other two, okay. I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. Lose to Jacksonville. Um, lose to the Lions. Yeah, that, that was fairly predictable. I, I get that. We're talking tears Now it's time to start separating. Who wants to step up in the NFC South? This is a chance to see that happen, um, Ryan. He's uh, he says we don't stand a chance unless we actually go over the top and play strong in the red zone. Absolutely. Uh, um, what was it? Who was it against? Uh, where they didn't even get? Was it against the Lions where they didn't even get into the red zone, or was it the? It was the Jaguars, didn't even get into the red zone. Um, so we'll see. But this is going to be a, a challenge. It's always going to be a challenge when you're on the road in the NFC South, but the Buccaneers are better than we or, or were expecting. Their offense isn't great. I think I went through the numbers. Yards are 25th, passing 17th, rushing 19th, scoring 25th. Their defense is really good. Look at the under on this one, y'all. Unless turnovers take over and special teams take over, we're looking at a 17-13 game. What's the overall on this one? Uh, let me see. the overall. The over-under on this one, ESPN GameCask is a 53% chance to the uh, to the Buccaneers, two-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under at 38. I like the under on this one. Um, you've got the number eight scoring defense on the Buccaneers, the number four overall offense, going against the number 29 scoring offense and the number 25 total offense. This is going to be a low-scoring game unless weird things start happening like everybody starts giving the ball away. Of course that said it'll be 34 to 31. I don't I picked the buccaneers to start this one. I'm going to keep going that way. Um but my predictions are tough when I'm invested in a team like this and following them all the time. I'm better at looking away. But what I do like on this one is the under. I like the under of the 38 points. On that note, I'm going to get out of here. I will be back on Friday. If y'all want to come join me, we're going to talk some of the best matchups and stuff in the NFL. We're back on Friday at nine Oh five. Be here for about a half hour or so to talk some football, get you ready. Um, Want to say thank you to big low country coming in twice with super chats. Jay black coming in with a, with a super chat as well. I think it was Mr. Beach that came in with some stars to get us started on Facebook too, as well. Thank you so much. It means a lot. The best way to help directly support the show um, if you're watching this after the fact, make sure you hit that, like, leave a comment. Um, I'll come in and answer anything that I screwed up. I do that all the time when I'm going live, or if I need some clarification or you, you want to kick back on a point I've made, we're not all going to agree. That's okay. If you want Desmond Ritter gone, I understand. Um, if you want Arthur Smith gone? I understand that too. I don't, I'm not there yet, but I'll listen. I'll absolutely listen. So on that note, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Appreciate you joining me, and we will see you on Friday. Come join us on Friday. Otherwise, I'll be back on Monday at 9 o'clock, and we'll take a look back. Falcons and Buccaneers, y'all have a great rest of your week and a great football weekend.